What up guys, it's Coach Theo, and before you hear the story today, I just want to give you some context for some clarity. There's a few James that we learn about in the Bible. The last few weeks, we've been sharing the resurrection story through the eyes of the disciples. First, we went through Peter's story, then we went through John the disciple's story, and he had a brother named James. They were known as the Sons of Thunder. So those three, Peter, James, and John, were Jesus' closest three while he walked this earth. Now this James that I talk about today, he is the brother of Jesus. He was not a part of that three or even the main 12 disciples, in fact. This James, the brother of Jesus, did not believe that Jesus was the Lord and Savior. When did he start believing? It was when the resurrected Christ reappeared to him. And I want you to know how the story ended for James. He ends up getting killed because he refused to stop preaching the name of his brother. He was a pillar of the early church, building the church in Jerusalem. It grew rapidly, and the Pharisees and scribes wanted to take him out because he wouldn't stop when they told him to. So they threw him off of a building, and according to ancient historians Eusebius and Josephus, he didn't instantly die, so they assured that he was killed by having someone club his brains out. Now, why do I tell you these gruesome details? Just to keep drilling home the point that people like James did not gain anything by converting and following Christ. In fact, the reality is they lost their lives. Sunday happened. It changed their lives and the course of history and its evidence for our faith. I'm sharing this perspective from James based off scripture. I did use visuals on Resurrection Sunday, which probably contributed to making grown men weep. Because when you actually see what Jesus went through and see the disciples running to the tomb with excitement when they find out he was no longer there, and when you see them feel and touch and see his wounds when he shows up and eats bread and fish with them, it's pretty powerful. But the words that I'm about to share right now are still the same exact words that I shared on Sunday morning. And we know the power comes from the Word of God. So tune in, and if you get something from this, share it with others. Because chances are, they'll get something too. Have you ever doubted, wondered, or struggled with how could we really believe this? Why should I? Or maybe you refuse to believe to begin with. I have. My brother looked crazy. He would walk around town claiming to have power and authority over the earth, demons, and disease. He claimed that he was sent to bring a sword to divide families. He spoke with such boldness and confidence that Jewish leaders and Pharisees questioned who is this guy, claiming he was possessed. I remember one instance he healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. A great crowd followed him, and whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. Even the demons shuddered. Oh, I wanted to believe, but this was so hard to figure it out. Jesus appointed 12 disciples to join him to go out and preach and have the same authority that he had. I was not a part of that group. In fact, when they came home and a crowd gathered again around our house, my family seized my brother and we said he is out of his mind. So he didn't do many mighty works at home in our community because of our unbelief. What was I supposed to think? This was my brother. Growing up, we played normal games together. Ate food, took walks. He was always the best behaved. We knew he was different. But Lord and Savior? How can your mind wrap around that? God in the flesh? 
These are pretty insane claims. So insane that we called it blasphemy and anyone who pretended to be God was killed. And that's why the Jewish people went after him. Could you imagine? Walking in the shadows of a brother who did supernatural things wasn't easy. Our family had eyes on us. He looked like a lunatic. We took the stairs in public too. I wanted to believe, but it was so hard to figure out. And so honestly, I tended to side with the crowd. Of course, my mind wandered. I did see a person with leprosy healed, a paralyzed man walk. I heard stories from Mary who was delivered from seven demons. News got around about the severely demonic men who my brother Jesus stood up against and casted out their demons into pigs. It was intriguing. Many crowds gathered to see the mayhem that he was stirring up. But it was hard to know what to believe. What's the craziest story of all? When he raised a guy named Lazarus from the dead. I mean, this guy was dead for four days. He stunketh. Then all of a sudden, my brother came to the tomb saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And then it happened. He said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of, the, of Lazarus said, Lord, this is uh, going to have a bad odor for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he came out. I'm like, okay, this is getting out of hand. Who brings a dead man to life? You would think that's enough for me to witness and hear about, right? My gears were turning. I almost became obsessed about what was going on, but it was so hard to figure out. You have to understand, we knew all the scripture that prophesied that one day the Messiah would come. But from my own mother and father, under my same roof, how could this be? He often said things like, I tell you now, even though it won't make sense, so that one day it does and you will believe. Trust me, I loved what he did to the Pharisees and church leaders. They always acted like they were better than us, as if they knew more than us, and they were making up their own rules. When he called them hypocrites and brought of vipers, we were all high-fiving and cheering inside. And he taught about heaven and hell with assertiveness. I like that because some overemphasized God's love but did not take God's wrath seriously. And we loved that he loved little children and told us how responsible we were for making sure we never led them astray. Check this out. My brother cared for children so much. He told us adults, if any of you cause one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for you to have a great millstone fastened around your neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. Talk about someone speaking with confidence. When he addressed our hearts and thoughts as sin, even on the same level as actually committing the acts themselves, yes, that was heart piercing in a good way. I remember specifically when he said, if you even look at someone in a lustful way, you are committing adultery. Or before you judge others, make sure you take the speck out of your own eyes. What really threw me for a loop was when he said, love your enemies and forgive them. Who teaches that? When did things really start to change? Probably during his last week. 
He came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. I'm like, come on, seriously, brother? Of all animals? And it didn't make sense, but now I look back and remember what Zechariah said, that behold, he'll enter on the colt of a donkey. The cross was overwhelming. My heart was aching. Regardless if people thought he was crazy, he was a good man. In fact, a perfect man. He did nothing wrong. He only taught and showed love for the Father and people. I couldn't believe how people turned on him. The same people chanting Hosanna and laying their cloaks and palm branches down on Sunday were now yelling for Pilate to crucify him on Friday. I saw people who were often in the crowd when Jesus spoke to them now yelling obscenities at him. One guy who was actually part of the 5,000 that was fed with five loaves and two fishes spit on my brother when he fell down from carrying the cross. But he got up and he dragged and he hauled that 150-pound beam. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. I wanted him to get revenge so bad. But he just took it and turned the other cheek. He used to tell me to do that all the time as a kid. I didn't stay around to watch. The cruelty and brutality was enough to make me sick. But my brother and friends, Mary and John, did for all six hours. They told me that he was bleeding all over the place from the crown of thorns on his head, and the long nails pounded into his wrists and ankles, and his flesh hanging off from the whippings and lashings. While he was hanging, I heard from a friend named Luke that Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Could you forgive somebody putting nails in your hands and you knew you didn't deserve it? And then John said he was told to take care of my mother. My mother was in so much grief she didn't speak for those few days after he was buried. Silence. Dark took over as the sun went away. The curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. The earth quaked and rocks were split. Even the soldiers knew they did something wrong. This wasn't just another revolutionary or a lunatic hippie. This was the Son of God, they confessed, as the lightning flashed and the thunder rolled. All those watching went home striking their chests. If you stood at the cross that day and did not now know, your heart was made of stone. What a terrible time. I heard Peter deny knowing him, but I'm no better. I didn't even show up. Another guy named Simon was the one called out of the crowd to help Jesus carry the tomb. Two prominent Jewish men, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, were the ones who intervened to oil him up and wrap his body and take him to the tomb. I wanted to believe, but it was hard to figure it out. That tomb was sealed and guarded. The Romans knew what was taught. Jesus said he would rise again. Nothing could hold him in there. The stone wasn't rolled away by angels so Jesus could get out. It was rolled away so people could get in and see that our God robbed the grave. Jesus said, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. Mary Magdalene was the one who ran 
in the early morning before dark that Sunday morning. She found the tomb empty and reported back to Peter and John. John and Peter ran so fast. John loves to tell how he outran Peter. Peter went in first and saw the linen cloths. John came in. He saw and believed because scripture all started to make sense. I'll never forget hearing the news. John and Peter told a lot of people. Some thought it was just an idle tale. But I knew they wouldn't make this up. And then it happened. He appeared to me. And since that day, even though he's my brother, I started calling myself a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ because he is my master and savior. He did what he said he was going to do. He died for our sins in accordance with scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures. He appeared to all the twelve, more than 500 brothers at one time, to all the apostles, and to my friend, Paul. I was in the upper room at the day of Pentecost to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We then dispersed and began telling everyone. I was assigned the responsibility to build the first church in Jerusalem. It grew rapidly. I became known as James the Just in old camel knees for how often I prayed for the forgiveness of people. I also wrote a book in the Bible about faith and works because for someone who was converted and convicted on the spot when I saw my resurrected brother, I knew what it's like to change. I confessed, repented, and for the rest of my life taught and helped others to do the same. For anyone else hearing this message, I tell them, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, and be patient until the coming of the Lord. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. When Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, he meant God's plan for salvation for you is complete. All your sin, he took that. He knows every hair on your body. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Need released? Surrender to him. Are you confused? Rely on him. Are you lost? Wandering? Submit to him. All your addiction? He heals that. All your pain? He gives you strength. All your angst and anger? He can wipe it away. Need help? Run to him. Need guidance? Seek him. Need joy? Ask in his name and you shall receive. He makes you worthy. He gives you identity. He fills you with peace, satisfaction, and the only true love that exists. None of us are good, not one. But when he rose again from the grave, he proved his victory over death so that we shall live. He then commissioned all of us to spread this message that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I used to not, and then Sunday happened. And now and forevermore in Christ I stand. Do you? If not, what else do you need? We are witnesses to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe and you will receive forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because Sunday happened, he is risen. He's alive. He's here. He's dwelling within you as a believer in him. He lives. Do you love him? Then take his freedom. Take his love. Feed his sheep and follow him. 
wherever he takes you, even if you don't want to go. All honor and power are his. All glory forever. Amen.